What's good? Your man, Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com, coming at you today to talk about my thoughts as an ex-professional trader on Bitcoin, on cryptocurrencies, and on blockchain, because I've actually got a lot of questions from you guys on this. I did an article a while back. It's like 10,000 words, how to plan your financial future. I touched on this a little bit, but um, you know, I got a lot of questions in regards to expanding on that. That said, I would check out that article because that is basically my financial plan. It's really in depth and the video as well is really um, gonna be useful. It's like a nine, 10 part video series. So basically my views on blockchain, crypto, Bitcoin, Ethereum, all that stuff are mixed. Um, first off on blockchain, I think blockchain is an incredible technology. I think it's incredibly disruptive in a good way and will continue to be, if not the blockchain we see now, some type of um, more advanced iteration of it. It is changing the world and will continue to change the world. Um, I see that as a certainty. Uh, Branson, Richard Branson, Mark Cuban also see that, are fans of the blockchain technology for uh, protecting land titles in like third world countries, for healthcare, finance, banking. I agree we are going to see blockchain and in, in develop in, in all those industries, I would say. With that said, the future of blockchain is not necessarily the future of crypto and specifically Bitcoin itself, which if you don't know is, is a form of cryptocurrency. There are now, I believe, 2,000 different cryptocurrency types out there. And blockchain, the future of blockchain and the future of cryptocurrency can be totally different things. So... Let's talk about uh, Bitcoin and crypto here first with the the pros and the cons. So the pros of Bitcoin are, again, innovative, disruptive and interesting technology. Uh, Bitcoin has a market cap of 162 billion. That's the same market cap of um, General Electric, which is insane. Uh, virtual currencies in 2017, it's the, coming up the end of 2017 here, rose 1,620% compared to the average 8% return in the stock market, which is, in, that's an insane return for one year. Uh, or, you know, if, if as a better comparison, if you compare that to, you know, the, the valuation of the USD, um, you know, in comparison to other currencies moving up, I mean, it, it's insane. Uh, it's got more, anonym, more anonymity than owning currency, uh, I, I, I do not believe in total anonymity with anything that's online, you know, except for cash in hand. Uh, and, but I do believe that the blockchain Bitcoin technologies is more anonymous. Uh, however, you know, they, the, the, one of the biggest raids was Silk Road Marketplace and, and the FBI came in and, and just jacked all their, their Bitcoin, basically. So the FBI might be one of the bigger uh, holders of Bitcoin right now. Uh, better protection against hackers, at least the cryptocurrency. If you're using an online wallet, I'm not sure how I feel about those things, but you can actually uh, take your Bitcoin into an offline wallet, like onto uh, a USB card, uh, which which is definitely a lot safer, I, I think, than, than your typical bank account. Uh, it's useful for buying things online, i.e. not worrying about your credit card being compromised. Also, you can get a discount at certain places by using Bitcoin. Uh, and if you're super smart and you've got a big rig, 
because the, the processing power and, and the speed and the technology, you really need a lot, then mining Bitcoin is an option. Um, it's an option you definitely don't have with a traditional currency. Uh, mining is also an ingenious, really, really ingenious way of controlling the supply of the currency so that it can't just be inflate, inflated at will um, like it can be with a central bank that's not tied to gold. And, and whereas gold would have um, its, its rarity and scarcity built in because there's it's, it's a rare mineral, the mining technology to keep Bitcoin relatively rare, I think, is, is absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's a hedge, you could say, against the corrections or collapse of traditional currencies. Um, you know, if the U.S. economy does collapse, Bitcoin uh, can be a hedge against that, as well as, um, you know, euros or renminbi and things of, of that nature. And it's un unregulated without government interference at this point. The future uh, is very much up in the air. So you might see that as a pro, and, and there's an argument for that being a pro. But that's also a con, which I'm going to get into below. Okay, so the cons of, of Bitcoin and crypto are it's very limited as a means of exchange right now. Um, you're limited to certain online places. You know, if you want to order Kratom, you can get all the Kratom you want with Bitcoin, but uh, you can't buy a house with it. You can't buy a car, at least not yet. Yes, future adoption is um, in the works. But and yes, you can convert Bitcoin into dollars. But as a means, like calling it a currency, the, the primary purpose of a currency is, is a means of exchange, okay? You can buy groceries with it. You can buy a house with it. You can buy cars with it. You can buy everything you need with that currency. And Bitcoin right now as its primary function is very limited as a currency, okay? So that to me is a big con. Again, you can exchange it to dollars. Yes, there is room for a lot of, um, you know, future adoption, but as of right now, where we stand, it is limited as a means of exchange. Another big problem is limited data. Okay, you can go back and look at the USD. You can look at the pound over 200 years. You can see the chart pattern. You can see how it moves. You can get a range for the, the fluctuations. You can go back and see what all the collapses look like, and you know, what all the bubbles look like. And with gold, it's even longer, if not four or five, probably 600 years, you can see a chart of gold. Gold's been a storehouse of wealth for what, 1,500 years, if not more. Um, of course, the past does not predict the future, but it certainly helps. You know, I would, when I was a trader, I would always look at the chart um, to get an idea for the range. It's very, very important to, to be, the, the more data you have, the better it is. Uh, right now, another con is that Bitcoin is super volatile. I mean, it's, it, the, it's insane. It's absolutely insane, the volatility on that. Okay, if you're a trader, you can make a lot of money with volatility, but you can also lose a lot of money. And for for reasons that I go into, but not using this as a trade, I mean, it's it's the volatility. If you're looking at this as some type of an investment, is is it's crazy, man. Um, okay, not, next con is that it's not backed by government power. As I said, the in in. In the pro section, being unregulated can be looked at as a pro, but it's also can be looked at as a con because there is no government protection and there's no government enforcing its use. Okay, in the U.S., you have to use U.S. dollars as a means of exchange. This keeps the, the U.S. dollar relevant and it is backed up by the strongest military empire ever, ever assembled. Okay, 
yes, there are, there are cons with that and it's regulated and, and, you know, the way that the dollar is created with the Federal Reserve and central banking. Yes. Okay. I get it. But it, it is backed up by that. Okay. It is enforced by that. It is enforced, you know, around the world um, as, as the standard reserve currency, at least for now. And that guarantees its relevance, guarantees its use. Uh, I mean, even if the U.S. economy does take a, you know, depression at some time, I don't see the U.S. dollar going anywhere. I mean, the British pound's been around forever, okay? Even after the British empire collapsed, the British pound is still being used. Cryptocurrencies, I mean, this is a totally unregulated um, uh, industry, okay? And it doesn't have the government protection, you know, in my bank account in Canada, is, you, know, you have $100,000 worth of depositors insurance paid for by the government for, um, you know, if, if, if your account's hacked or whatever. Okay, so that's very important to understand. Um, the next point on the con is we don't know who created it. Okay, apparently it's a, it was a Japanese guy and we've never seen him. And there's many conspiracies. Some people think it's a pseudonym. Some people think it's an American guy who passed away they think it's another american guy some people think it's a combination of asian companies or china or u.s alphabet agencies we don't know who created it okay we we know or for those of us who are smart we understand central banking we you know we know who owns the federal reserve we know who owns the major banks okay we see how that is created it is um, you know, if, if you study that, you can see it, it's transparent and it's a question of the devil that you know. All right. We know how that, that is created. We don't know what's exactly behind crypto. Okay. And, um, that's just something to think about. All right. Because it's sort of, it's sort of built on the premise of anti-authority and, and all these things. But, um, I'm always one to be skeptical that about anything that's big and is allowed to exist. Um, but that's just me. I have no idea. I, I mean, it, it could be anything. It could be any, I, I, I honestly don't have any theory on it. I just don't know who created it. And, um, that's something to be, be, be thinking about. It is another con is it's more anonymous in the bank, but I don't believe that it's totally anonymous. Okay. I really don't, I, I really don't think anything online is totally anonymous. Um, it's, it's hard for me to have that certainty. Someone pays you something in cash. All right. That's as anonymous as it gets, but, uh, anything that's online, hard for me to say that now more anonymous. Yeah. Harder to hack. Definitely. But that's my two cents on it. Um, again, I don't think it's as anti-establishment as believed, uh, Bill Gates supports it. Um, you know, a lot of tech guys support it. Richard Branson supports it. Mark Cuban supports it. Um, because I, I mean, I would see that, um, you know, the technocrats would, would be way into this kind of stuff, right? Because we've moved from the feudal system with the king as the powerful to bankers. And, and now we're moving to the technocrats and, and I'm sure they would love to be able to get, get their hands on, on, um, currencies, right? You know? Google currency, Apple currency, Microsoft currency, you know, having their own cryptocurrencies. I see that coming down, down the future. So, um, that's something to think about. And, um, 
the last part is, is, is Bitcoin is not immune to hacks and still a very volatile, unregulated industry. So a couple, a couple of years back, uh, Mt. Gox, which was trading 70% of the Bitcoin at the time, at the, the 450 million in Bitcoin lost, the company went uh, bankrupt, closed trading, uh, and it was likely stolen, um, fraud, mismanagement, and sort of a combination of the above. A lot of signs to point to people within the company. So again, that there's that very real situation that, that can and has happened. So that's something to be um, considered. Now, next point is Bitcoin as a trade. Okay, so as an ex-pro trader, I do not recommend anyone actively trading. Trading is gambling. Do not let anyone tell you otherwise. This is coming from a guy who had $3 million in buying power. I was not an e-trader. I worked for a company, $3 million in buying power. I had a month where I took home 100,000 USD in a month. Okay, if you want to, to read a 10,000 word article on all my points, check out the the equities trading article I did at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com as well as the videos, ton of information in there. And um, especially guys who aren't pro trade. And we were hooked into, you know, we had lightning fast execution, super cheap trades. We were doing arbitrage. We were doing all kinds of strategies where we had edges that regular people don't have. Again, I had $3 million to play with. That wasn't my own money. That wasn't rent money. I mean, so many different variables. And even then it was like one out of a thousand guys made it from trainee to, to trader and no one is trading today. No one I know is still trading, okay? There's one guy that's a pro poker player, but everyone else went and got jobs or started businesses. Um, and that, you know, my no trading policy, no gambling policy applies to everything, you know, and that extends to Bitcoin. I would say that especially extends to Bitcoin, okay? Now all I'm seeing is ads for these Bitcoin trading systems. And like, okay, first of all, don't trade on your own, but definitely do not start buying into these guys selling like Bitcoin trading systems. You know, that's that's like worse than those options trading systems. It's like, dude, Warren Buffett doesn't have a consistent trading system. George Soros doesn't have a consistent trading system. They're the best in the world. If you had a consistent trading system, right, that could earn you like 300, 400% return a year, you'd be a trillionaire, okay? Because you'd just be compounding, you'd just be throwing all, all your money in, you'd be able to show your track record and get all your people's money. And you wouldn't be telling anyone about it, right? You wouldn't be telling anybody because you have the, the world's greatest money machine, which is a trading system for something that has unlimited volume. Um, so definitely do not buy these trading systems, these trading courses. You don't need to go to any Bitcoin cryptocurrency conferences, dude. I'm going to get into what I think you should do later on, but definitely do not be doing that. Um, as a longer term play, uh, it's still a gamble. Um, you know, if you say like, okay, I think this is going to be adopted as a means of exchange. I'm going to hold it for 10 years. I, I, I don't like it, uh, because there's no technical and fundamental, um, indicators, even though I'm, I'm, I'm disregarding trading as a whole, at least when, when I was trading before or whatever, if you're buying an index fund, you can look at say, okay, every eight to 15 years, there's a crash. Um, you know, when I first dip into the, my, my index fund, maybe I'll wait till that crash. And I, you know, I, I look at the third, you know, the hundred year chart, you know, I start to see an upswing after that 10 year crash. And now I'm going to dollar cost average in for the next 30 years to this thing. Or, you know, you, you've got some type of play on, you're looking at the chart and you're thinking like, you know, uh, it's based on interest rates and based on, um, 
you know, all these different variables like okay, the housing market's looking right for a crash or something like that, and you're going to short housing stocks, something, something along those lines where you have some type of indicators. Uh, I don't really see that with Bitcoin um, because it is not, it, it is, it, at this point, it is not um, sort of a valuable asset based around other things, which I'll explain in, in Bitcoin as an investment below. Okay. Um, I don't re recommend Bitcoin as a trading option. And, um, you know, I, I don't like it, but uh, I'll, I'll touch a little bit on that more when I get to, to my advice. Next point is, is Bitcoin as an investment. Again, I don't like it as an investment. Um, here's Warren Buffett's thoughts on Bitcoin, best investor of all time. You can't value Bitcoin because it's not a value producing asset. It doesn't have, uh, it doesn't have a motor, it doesn't have protection. So as a pure value investment, okay, and as you guys know, Bit, um, Warren Buffett's all about value investing. Like he buys companies that he thinks he can get at a good, a good um, market price. And he buys them because he buys into the company. All right, uh, and he, he's he's absolutely right. It, I I don't think it's a value producing asset, and it doesn't have a, a moat against competition. So there's two thousand competitors, including Ethereum and Litecoin, and Bitcoin is the originator. But that doesn't mean that it's going to exist in the future. For example, like the biggest thing in the internet was was AOL. 1999. Yes, it merged with Time Warner and it, and it survived in some form, but AOL doesn't have anything to do with the internet, right? Google and, and Yahoo and, and uh, you know, all these different companies came along and, and, and took that over. And now Amazon and Facebook are coming in. So just because it's the first adopted doesn't mean that's going to be the one, doesn't mean it's going to exist 10 years from now. Um, and it, it is not a value producing asset. It's just a pure speculation at this point. Like it's going to go up. I mean, the, I guess the only thing you can bet on is it becomes a means of exchange and, you know, that will increase the price of it um, as, as, as people start to move away from wanting to hold uh, currencies and, and, and are less trusting of currencies. And, and once you buy a house with Bitcoin, then maybe um, it, it, you know, that's something perhaps you can invest in. But I, I agree. I don't see it as a value producing asset. Um Bitcoin as a traditional value asset uh, investment is a, is a no in my book. With that said, as a speculative buy and hold, it's an option. It's just not one that I like, which I'll talk more about in, in later on. Uh, the idea of, if, you know, and then, then you don't have chart patterns going back 100 years. You can't see the range. You can't see where it's been. I can see, you know, every 18 to 15 years, there's a market crash. Uh, you know, I don't know if I'm buying into the top right now. I really, I really, it's to me, it's super volatile. It's unpredictable. I don't have any data for an educated, informed decision. I can't see it. I mean, even with the internet bubble that you had in, in back in the 90s, you could still see, all right, well, I could compare that to previous bubbles. You know, I could look for where the top is. Of course, you can never directly find the top. Um, but, you know, you had, you had 100, 200 years of stock data. Now we've got like, what, five or six of Bitcoin. I, I just, I can't see it, dude. Um, I, but I definitely tend to be conservative with, with, with that type of stuff. Okay. I don't know where this thing is, is on the charts. Um, and, and that's just it. So next point is ideas on the future of blockchain and cryptocurrency. Okay. So the, the powers that be may very well, um, 
crackdown, regulate, or outlaw crypto, depending on who supports it, okay? We don't know who, who who's really supporting this thing. We don't know if it's anti-establishment or, or if it is these anti-establishment. So it will be interesting to watch as technocrats look to get control of the banking system. Again, I talked about like Apple currency, Google, Facebook currency. I'm, I would bet that we're gonna be seeing those in the future. Um, also, banks are exceptionally wealthy and powerful, and I don't see them just rolling over, right? I, I see they'll probably adopt blockchain, uh, blockchain um, in their banking processes. I've already heard, um, you know, bankers talking about this. Um, block, blockchain is interesting technology, but again, it doesn't mean Bitcoin is the future. Maybe other blockchain, or maybe it'll be the, the banks adopting blockchain for currencies or, or maybe governments will i don't know it's so it's super interesting to me but it's so it's so crazy and unpredictable um you know i i don't see companies like uh i don't see governments going anywhere i don't see banks going anywhere giving up their power i don't see technocrats going anywhere i, I you know i think it's 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 totally disruptive but man i i there's so many ways this, this can go um, and that's something I learned the hard way in training is you cannot, cannot, cannot predict the future. I banged my head up against the wall for like a year trying to predict the future every day. And then I was like, nope, you know, it's just beating into me, right? You think the trade's going to do something, doesn't do it. You cut your losses as soon as possible. When it does do it, you take it out at what you said your exit point was going to be. And the, the key that when we were trading is like, you know, being right 51% of the time, wrong 49% of the time. That 51% of the time you're right, you, you held on to your winners. The 49% of the time you're wrong, you tell your losers, whatever. Okay. And then you would hear all these people on CNBC like, oh, the market, the reason for the surge of the, of the market was, was uh, the, the interest rate. It's always the economist, right? He makes 60 grand a year and he knows everything that happened after the fact, right? It's like if he knew shit, he would have, you know, put all his money on to where that was going. Right. Instead of just getting on CNBC talking about, well, it's about interest rates. It is about inflation. And, uh, you know, I, I know exactly what happened. You don't know anything, dude. All right. No one knows where stuff is going in the future. Um, you know, that's very important to understand. And, um, you know, for, for Bitcoin and crypto, if it, if it, if it becomes money, the, the, the bubble might continue. But... You know, weathering you know all these adverse conditions and and all this stuff, but um, I do I do look at uh, Bitcoin and crypto as as a bubble right now. I don't know when that bubble is going to burst, but I know that every bubble does. It might it's at ten ten thousand dollars a coin this year. It might be thirty thirty grand next year. It might be two grand. I don't know, uh, but I see that that it has all the the symptoms of a bubble in that everyone's asking about it. Everyone's talking about it. Um, massive amounts of people on Twitter and all these courses coming out. And it was like, um, you know, what Jesse Livermore was a famous trader said, he said, like when, when the, the, the guy who works in the elevator, you know, when you're building, when the elevator boy is talking to you about stock tips, it's probably time to, to look that, that it's in a bubble and maybe you should be careful. Um, but again, that's not a prediction for the future. Okay. Just something to, to keep your eye on. So here, here's my advice, all right? 
there's a lot of stuff I wanted to talk about, but but here's the mean potatoes of my advice, okay? So at this point, I don't own any Bitcoin. I don't plan to own any Bitcoin, except maybe as a small amount, as a more secure online payment. Um, maybe in the future, if it becomes better accepted as a means of exchange, you know, as, as part of a, a currency basket hedge against some kind of US dollar collapse in there with, with euros and, um, you know, the Thai bot that I have now and, and maybe some, some crypto in there as a hedge against that um, is, is an option for me in the future. Uh, again, I've got no prediction. Bitcoin's at 10 grand a coin right now. It could be 30 grand a coin, could be two grand a coin. I have no idea, absolutely no idea where it's gonna go. Um, Bitcoin can explode and I won't think I'm wrong or it could implode and I won't be on here bragging next year about Oh, bro, did you, I told you not to invest it. Now, I have no idea, okay? Um, I'm saying that I can't pull the trigger on it with the information that I have, as as well as it, it does not fit my financial game plan, okay? I, I highly suggest you check out that article that I wrote, how to um, create your financial game plan, or check out the YouTube video. And um, basically, like the... If I could break it down, it's like first step one is getting your income up, all right? Getting your income up, to, and then step two is getting your savings, your emergency cash runway for your business. And then step three is getting control of your income, which is your business, right? So what you wanna do first, and I recommend a service business for most guys, is, is because a service business, is you can get like a 1,000% return on that. Or I have an info, info uh, products business where you know, I can invest $400 into a book or $300 into producing an ebook. I'll made that back the first day. I'll have I'll have double that within the day of launch, like crazy margins, right? Um, you know, in, in service businesses, you can get 1,000% return, if not thousands of percent return, okay? So I say aim for that, right? Get a service business or get a business where you're making 75 to 100K in a developing com country, or the developer, or sorry, a, a Western country, or the developing world equivalent, like here in Asia, 30 to 40 grand a year is, is, is the same as six figures, okay? You know, prior to that, you're getting your savings up, you're getting your emergency cash up, you're getting your runway for your business, you know, um, while you're working a job. And then once the business is up and operational, you're on your own, you've got your business to a good level, you've got your income coming in, you've got your emergency cash, you're able to save money every month and put it and keep stacking that cash up. And then you can um, uh, look at reinvesting as much cash of that as you can into your business, into your marketing, into your advertising. Right, just because you're making six figures doesn't mean your business is tapped out. Right, you could throw you could throw twenty percent of what you make every month back into advertising or SEO and all that stuff, and keep getting those thousand percent returns on it. All right, you can also do stuff like um, invest in in supplies. You know, buy them in bulk for the quarter for the year. This is something that Mark Cuban recommends. It's something that I do. I buy some stuff on a yearly basis, some stuff on a quarterly basis, some stuff on a monthly basis. You can see all the, how to do all that in my book, How to Get Organized. Not only does it simplify your life, but you can save a lot of money doing that. Uh, it's a great saving technique. Um, you can use the saving technique of like paying all paying your rent a year in advance so that you're not tempted to 
to um, spend the money so that you feel comfortable, okay? You know, and, and then once you have all that together, now you're outside of survival mode. Now you're comfortable, okay? And now your future's looking bright. And then you can start looking at investing, but even then, have you maxed out your investment in your service business, right? If you're getting a thousand percent return on your service business, you know, as a real estate insurance or copywriting and all that, I mean, max that out first. You're not going to get that anywhere. And that's predictable. Like my business is so predictable. If I see I'm making less money this month, I go in, I figure out, okay, that, that article got bumped down a bit in a ranking. We got to do another article around that or we got to refresh that. Or if, if I got uh, more, I can see, all right, more traffic coming in from YouTube, Facebook, all this. It's like down to the letter predictable. And I can see, all right, if I spend X amount on this, this is the return I'm going to get. So you've got a totally, you've got a money machine, you've got a totally predictable source of revenue. You've got something, if you've done it smart, you know, it's a thousand, you know, you can get a thousand percent return on your money, if not more in, the, in a service-based business because you have no inventory, um, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, so like, once you're good and comfortable, start maxing that out. Like my buddy was, was making $4,000 a month. Um, he's a car broker of a $500 worth of Google AdWords spend. Right, he wasn't doing any outbound. He wasn't doing any um, anything more than five hundred dollars spend, and he was making four grand a month as a car broker. Right, crazy return, crazy return on his on that was just he wasn't doing Facebook, he wasn't doing anything like that on just that one five hundred dollar a month Google AdWords campaign. Um, or okay, if you want to reinvest in other ways, you can hire a marketing team. You can hire uh, White Hat SEO. You can hire a cold caller or a cold emailer. Um, you can max out your marketing spend. You can do all kinds of things like that, right? I'd say like max that, like if you have a, a high margin business, that's, you can't get those returns in the market. And maybe you can get them on Bitcoin if you're lucky, but it's like, it's, it doesn't compare in terms of predictability, in terms of building your brand, in terms of, um, you know, uh, consistency, in terms of being able to analyze the data. I mean, I love being, when I was a trader, it drove me crazy because I didn't know what I was going to make. I, I would make a hundred thousand one month. I'd make three grand the next month. And then there'd be, you know, there were periods where I didn't make money for two months. Right. Um, the business is like, I know to, to the letter where I'm going it, and, and I love that. Okay. I love that consistency. And that's something to be thought about. Um, so reinvest as much of money in your money machine with high margins and, and protective, predictive profits first. If you want to speculate, dude, um, it's like it has to be with money you don't care about or, or you don't need. All right, if your net worth is five thousand dollars and you're you're throwing two grand into Bitcoin, that's your rent money, dude. That's your rent money. When something can and will happen that fucks your shit up, that's that's forty percent of your net worth. That's crazy. That's insane, dude. Like 40% of your net worth in Bitcoin, right? If your gamble turns out to be correct and you make like 20 grand, it's good. But now you got a dangerous mentality, right? Because you're not going to stop. You think you can, you can throw two grand in and make 20 grand the next year. You think you're going to stop, man? Hell no. It's like guys talking about just taking one steroid cycle. No one ever does that, right? You're like, oh man, you know what you're going to say? You're going to, you're going to drop. And I've been around traders. For a long time, dude, you're gonna drop two grand, you make 20 grand, you know what you're gonna say? 
man, I knew it was going up. I should have, I should have, I should have dropped five grand on it, man. I should have bet five grand on it. You're never happy, okay? So you know what you're gonna do? You're gonna go in again. Next time you're gonna spend more. But you know what's gonna happen? You play again eventually, the next time you take a hit, you're not gonna be able to punch out because you're not a professional trader and you don't have the discipline and you're playing with your rent money. You're not playing with the $3 million of other people's money that I was playing with. You're playing with your rent money, dude. So that $2,000 starts going against you and you're like, man, I can't lose this. I have to hold it, have to hold it, right? Have to hold it till it comes back, all right? Or maybe you can get some credit and put more on it and average into it. So I don't like my position, I'm gonna throw another grand on there. And man, it just keeps getting worse. I'm gonna, I'm gonna average into this loser. It's what every rookie trader does. Even a lot of the big guys do it when they're taking a loss that they can't afford, all right? You know, you don't know about that psychology until you've, you've really, really been through it. And when you're gambling with rent money, dude, you can't afford the loss. So you're going to hang on and you're going to average in. That's what's going to happen. Okay. And, um, you know, the first year of trading, we learned cut losers, cut losers, cut losers. That's not normal. What people want to do is, is they want to quickly grab their profits off the table and they want to let their loser ride because they're like, I don't want to lose money. So I'm just going to wait till it comes back and I'm going to average in and get a better position. Nah, man, you can't do it. You can't. It, it is... I'm telling you, read my article on equities trading if you're not convinced, dude. But I don't recommend it. No one I know is trading right now. And I'm telling you, I was with the best guys in Toronto. No one is still trading. No one is trading, you know, 12 years later. That's that's just how it goes, man. I mean, you're better off. You're better off playing online poker because it or poker because at least there's a closed system. There's odds. You know, you can you can calculate the odds. You can have the odds calculator with trading. You don't know what's going to happen. It's all open-ended, dude. You know, especially with stuff like Bitcoin, you know, where we don't even have chart data, where the the fundamentals don't even come into play. It's it's crazy. Um, you know, with, with that said, though, okay, with that said, if you want to play with some throwaway money, that's a different story, okay? Throwaway money is when you have a six-figure business or a developing world equivalent of a six-figure business and you have a hundred grand in cash in the bank and maybe some other investments okay and you want to drop three grand on it all right which is going to be three percent of net your net worth okay which is still kind of a lot of money when you look at it that way um but let's say you you, you in part of your investment system is you know you have index funds, you have you have bond funds, and every year you put three percent, three percent of your your net worth on a, a speculation, on a wild gamble, right? Which I probably wouldn't even do, but uh, if that's your mentality, I know that that my man Black Dragon from or Caleb Jones from Black Dragon is making good money in Bitcoin right right now, but again, that guy's doing well. You know, he's got four businesses. He's probably got more than hundred grand in the bag investments and all that. So he can afford to, to, to play with the throwaway money. And he says the same thing, dude. He says, this is money. I don't care if I lose. That's the mentality you have to have. Like, I don't care if I lose three grand. Okay. And, um, but you go into it with a plan, right? You go into it with, with if you're going to make a trade and you, and you know it's throwaway money. Um, and again, I'm, this is not something that I probably ever do. But uh, you go in with an exit plan and a stop loss, okay? So you say, all right, um, I'm going to invest four grand in Bitcoin right now. And uh, my exit's going to be, 
you know, 1,000% return. It's gonna be 40 grand. And uh, my stop loss is, is $1,000, right? So I'm, 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 putting, I'm putting a grand down. If, it, if I lose three grand, then that means I'm wrong. And uh, if, I, if I make 40 grand, that means I'm right. I'm gonna take my profits out at that point, okay? Or let's say you wanna go into it as, as a buy and hold, okay? I still can't use the word investment on it, but let's say you, you want to look at it as a long-term buy and hold and you're like, all right, so I'm just going to throw 40 grand in there as, as a, a buy and hold with a 30-year top uh, timeline and um, a stop loss of zero. So I'm just going to hold it till it either collapses or I'm, or, you know, for the next 30 years and, and get that compound interest and maybe dollar cost average into it with money that I don't care about. Again, I don't like it, but if you, the only position would be in, is like where those two trades, when you are financially secure and you've got your, all the money invested in your business and you've got, you know, different streams of income and, and perhaps other investments and, and, you know, hedges and all that stuff. And then you got some throwaway money, man, but you're probably going to be like, you know, at least my age, if not in your forties at that point. So that's just my two cents, dude. Okay, I'm aggressive about my business and, and, and putting money into my business and all that, but I'm conservative on the other stuff. Okay, the key, dude, is is you got to have that cash. Like you're not going to feel comfortable until you got like thirty grand in the bank, dude. Like in case anything goes wrong, but you feel comfortable when you got like rent paid for the year and you've got a bunch of cash in the bank and you got a secure business and all that stuff, and you can feel comfortable, man. But um. You know, you, you got to get the foundation first. That's what I think before you can start messing around. And even then, it's like, dude, you could invest that stuff into businesses and brands and, and stuff that's going to give you income for 30 years. Um, that's my two cents on it. So I'm not a huge fan, but again, that's just my advice. Okay, I know a lot of you guys are hot on crypto. So, you know, I'm not trying to upset anybody. And again, I've, I've opened the option to you, but you do have to have, in my opinion, those those characteristics first those that amount of assets and business going for you first okay um you know you, you it's like wanting the dessert without eating the meat and potatoes first it's like no dude you have to have a solid foundation on top of your house before you build the roof you guys are like you're worth three grand you're trying to spend two grand on bitcoin that's like that's like building the roof of your house first before you even own the house dude you know like it's eating d dessert before when you don't even have money for dinner, like it's, that's crazy to me. Um, you know, you need a solid foundation. You need all those things together. You can't gamble with, with rent money, dude. That's crazy. Okay. So, so don't let FOMO fear moving, moving out, get you into a trade you can't afford. All right. So Bitcoin's 10 grand right now. If Bitcoin goes up to 30 grand, I don't care. If Bitcoin goes up to hundred, I don't care. Cause I, it's, it's the mentality behind it. Just like if my friend starts a dropshipping business, starts making more money than me, I don't care. It's not what I'm doing, right? There's all kinds of other guys in other businesses that make more money, but like that's just not in my reality, right? It's 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 about the mentality of um, I can't invest in something that that I don't I don't buy into, and it's about going in with with the. See, that's such a dangerous mentality, okay? I used to hear this all the time in trading. Guys would be like, all day, all day, all day. Because 
pretty much every trader I, I met that, that made money, with the exception of me, was a degenerate gambler. Okay, they had a poker, they had four charts open and they had a poker screen to be playing online poker at work while they're trading, okay? And every trader always had the same mentality. I should have held it when he had a winner. Fuck, I should have held it for longer, okay? Or um, I knew it was going up. I knew it was going up. Or, or they said like, oh, I knew Citigroup was going up overnight. I knew I should have held it overnight, right? I should have, I knew it was going up. Did they hold it? No. Did they put all their position? No, they didn't, right? So you can you can look and say, and, and next year if Bitcoin goes, goes up, you can say, I knew, I knew Bitcoin was going up, but you didn't know. You actually don't know. It's a very, it's a very seductive thing to think you know what's going to happen. Um, but you don't, okay? And a large part of this is about the discipline and the mentality and not taking on that gambler's mentality. Because even if you win, dude, it becomes very dangerous. You're like, okay, you have a few wins in Bitcoin. Like, yeah, let's start doing Forex. Let's start. And all of a sudden, dude, you're, you're not only now you're, you're, you're gambling, right? And now you're taking out lines of credit. And now it's not going so well. Now you're getting broker, you're getting margin calls and you're getting all these other things and you're putting on your money into it. And, and, it's seductive, dude. It, it really is. And and I'm coming from pro trader. It was gambling. You know, we had arbitrage and we had these other things. And we had these edges that, that, that guys don't have. Um, and if you don't have that, man, dude, I don't recommend it at all. Any type of trading. I really don't. Again, check out my video and article on that. Um, what's more important is the mentality and the discipline and making the right decisions instead of just, oh, I knew it was going up. I should have, no, never have that fear of missing out, dude. Instead, focus on making the right decisions because with the limited amount of, of information you have for the future. And dude, if you're doing your business right, man, you're going to make good money. You're going to make good, consistent money. All right. And you're going to reinvest in that. You're going to have a brand for life. You're going to have clients that might pay you for 10, 20 years, man. Get your get your house in order before you start even thinking about any kind of speculation and all that stuff, dude. So that's just my two cents. As always, let me know what you think in the comments section. And I um, wish you all the best. Much love to you. Check me out at revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. Uh, check out my books on there. Also, check me out SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook. All up in your interwebs, dog. Hit me up.